0: the joy candle Christ has come to be God with us and we can experience joy no matter what circumstances we may be going through the verb form of joy is the word rejoice and is found often in Scripture rejoicing enables us to refuel our tank restore our strength and renew our spirits it's reconnecting with our Savior. And it's in this process that the Apostle James' words make sense when he encourages us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James isn't saying that we need to be happy about our trials and problems. He's saying that we can find joy in them when we see the bigger picture beyond them. The bigger picture is that that of God working for our good in every situation the bigger picture starts with the source jesus let's celebrate christmas this year by embracing joy let's choose to continue the process of rejoicing let's heed the good news of the angels that will bring great joy to all of us a savior has been born our messiah the lord And he will carry us through and complete his work in us no matter what. Nehemiah challenged the people of his day with a challenge that is applicable in our day. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord. Is our strength when hope and fear meet in Bethlehem, we can rediscover joy, the
1: joy of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are glad that when hope and fear meet, we can have joy? Amen. All right, Steve, I'm going to have you dial me back just a little bit, if you would. We're trying out a new mic, and we have a new podium, and I think I need a new haircut. Oh, I got one. (laughs) The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Hope and fear meet at Bethlehem. And when hope and fear meet, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit that prevail. This morning, as we continue our journey through the Advent story, and we're looking at the angelic announcements to not be afraid, that when we face issues in our world, we need to not be afraid, that there are three very different reactions. The first reaction I want to remind you of is that of Zachariah. Zachariah is appeared to by an angel, and the angel tells him that they're going to have a child. And you remember Zachariah's response? How do I know this is going to happen? Prove it. Give me something to hang my hat on. And the angel said, all right, I will. You're not going to say another word for nine months. And I didn't ask how many women would like to see that happen in their household, but that's another conversation. Why, why such the harsh response? Boom. I'll prove it to you. Here's your answer. Then the angel appears to Joseph, a man of quiet strength, And Joseph doesn't ask a question at all. He just gets up and obeys. When God speaks, I'm just going to do it. End of discussion. Whatever he says, I'm going to do. So he doesn't really directly ask a question, uh, but God directs him through angelic visitation. Then we come to Mary. And an angel is going to appear to her. We know the story and tell her that she's going to have a miraculous conception. And she asks questions that are very similar to those of Zechariah. But when she asks questions, she gets answers. When Zechariah asks, he gets judgment. I think there's something significant in that story for us to understand what kind of answers or what kind of questions does God answer. He said, You don't have to be afraid because God answers prayer. How many are glad for that? You don't have to be afraid because God has a plan. And then you don't have to be afraid because God will, in those cases where you need it, God will provide answers. How many of you have ever received an answer from God? What brings us to that place? How does that happen? And in this world that we're living in, we could use some answers, couldn't we? How many of you have situations where I really would like God to send me a letter? If you could write it in the sky, if you could just ride it on the wall. And and by the way, don't ask God to write on the wall. Last time he did, it was your kingdom has departed from you. So you might want to get an answer a different way. How does God answer those questions? Don't be afraid. God provides answers. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 1. The angel went to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angels, I mean, that part in itself is a riot, just by itself. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Here's what I want you to know this morning, that when you come with the right heart and have the right reasons and need to know, that God wants to answer your questions and when he doesn't answer your question, it's because he's doing something else in your life because he is ever-present. How many of you know that's to be true? He is always present, and God does answer prayer, sometimes in ways different than we would anticipate. You don't have to be afraid because God will answer your questions, but that'd be the right kind of question with the right heart. What is it that Mary asks that gets an answer from God? What is it that enables her to receive answers to her questions. Well, let's look at the questions that she asks and watch what happens following that. The first question she has is, what does this mean? The angel of the Lord said to her, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. What does this mean? I mean, have you ever wanted to say to somebody, What about this do you not understand? There's a comedian who's made a whole career out of, here's your sign. What is it, Mary, that you're not, this, my reaction, I mean, Highly favored. What else do you want? Do you just want to hear it again? What is it that you want? Why would this greeting trouble her? And the word trouble is a strong word in New Testament Greek. It's not just she was kind of unsettled. Here's what it means it means to disturb wholly or agitate with alarm. When the angel says to her, Greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you, she was alarmed. I um, have to tell you a little story, and I hope you'll take this in the way I intend it. I didn't try this out on my wife first. (laughs) But there was a policy here before I came to Berean that the lead pastor only made hospital calls if you were dying. I didn't know that. And uh, there was a man in the church who was not doing well, and Pastor Kevin, I saw you earlier, he set me up. He didn't tell me the story behind it. He said, you just need to go meet this guy. He's an east sider. He's a great guy. You got to meet him. So I, so I go up there and I walk in the room and his wife is sitting there and she looks at me and says, why are you here? Uh, I came to see our guest of honor. I'm going to withhold the name, but um, she said, no, why are you here? Uh, right now, I'm wondering myself why I'm here. I don't really know. So we talked for a while. Some of you would, if I tell more story, you'd know. I mean, for the next 30 minutes, he told me everybody beat up on the east side. You know, he was an east sider. How many are hearing me now? You know what I'm talking about. Telling me stories. We had a great conversation. And I got back, and I, I, I asked Pastor Kevin, what was that about? He kept asking me why I was there. He said, well, I forgot to tell you. Pastor Wheats was like the death angel. (laughs) When you walk in, they know it's over. And she wanted to know what you know that we didn't know. Um, So when I walked in to give comfort, she was alarmed. She was greatly disturbed. What I intended to be a greeting of comfort was an alarming greeting to her. So after that, if I went in, I said, thou shalt not surely die. I'm just here to have prayer with you caused great alarm, great consternation, great fear. And I've thought about that, and I don't know what you'll do with this, but I've noticed something over the years in dealing with people. Some people get greatly alarmed when you compliment them. Sometimes when you just say something positive to some people, they assume there's an agenda behind it. They assume there's something negative associated with it. They assume they're being set up. And those same people can't receive the favor of God. If they feel the favor of God, they feel like something's wrong. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember in Ames one day, I was driving down the road uh, early in our ministry there. And do you ever just get happy for no reason? I mean, not chemically induced. I just. <laughs> I mean, you just get happy for no reason. I'm driving down the road and I'm just having the joy of the Lord. And then I thought, you better stop. Because something bad's about to happen. That's why you're so happy right now. It's a trick. And I, anybody else? Am I the only one ever been in that place? And I thought, dear Jesus, help me. I don't want to live. A, I'm going to enjoy the moment. I'm going to enjoy the joy of the Lord. I'm going to enjoy the 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 favor of God. And when God says things about us, we need to believe that. You are accepted in the beloved. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a holy generation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into light. And you have to learn how to accept the favor of God. Some people panic when things feel right. Don't point. There's something about learning how to do that. Kind of corollary to that is, can you accept compliments without deflecting or puffing up? I remember the story of an older lady that came to a young pastor who's preaching first message in that church, and she walked up and she said, son, has anybody ever told you that you're the greatest preacher on the planet? You're God's gift to this generation? I said, why, no, ma'am. No one's ever told me that before. And she said, then what made you think it? <laughs> Some, sometimes we have to pull ourselves back from the arrogance. But equally dangerous is to not accept it. People will sometimes, on occasion, give me a compliment, give you a compliment. And so I want to give you something that will really help you in the days that are ahead of you. When someone compliments you, how should you respond? This This is really critical for you to get hold of. This is going to change your life. When someone compliments you, here's what you should say. Everybody ready? How many are listening? Everybody ready? Here's what you should say. Thank you. It's not that hard. God will deal with either your arrogance or your deflection. And I think there was a little bit in that of the heart of Mary like, is this the death angel? You're highly favored. The Lord is with you. Am I dying and going to heaven? What's happening here? I don't know. But that greeting caused her great agitation, great fear. The Bible, as I've already alluded to, says in the book of Ephesians that you are accepted in the beloved. Do you know that word accepted? We just have that as this, oh, I'm accepted. No, 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 no. Again, the, the Greek word behind that means highly favored. In fact, the same word that's used highly favored is the same Greek word that is translated accepted. Where are we accepted? In the beloved. What does that mean? In his beloved one, in his his beloved son we are highly favored because of what he has done not because of what we've done that's called grace is there anyone in the house this morning you need to understand you are the favored of God what about when I do something wrong you're still the favored of God he wants you to repent he wants you to change but it comes out of his love for you and his care for you not his anger or his punishment he's calling you to a place of surrender to him Believe what God has said about you. We are blessed. Yes. We are blessed. We are chosen. We are highly favored. <laughs> we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And understanding who we are in Christ will help you find a place of stability in your walk with Jesus. He loves you. How many of you know that? He loves you. He loves you. Come on, somebody help me this morning. He loves you. You are the favored of God. And we need to learn how to respond to the blessing of God without being greatly troubled or uncomfortable with being able to be happy. Some people wouldn't know how to get out of bed in the morning if they didn't have somebody to fight with. I'm trying to talk to somebody that needs to hear me this morning. I feel like it's, I feel it bouncing back at me, so I'm going to keep throwing it back out till it stays there. You need to quit hating everybody around you. You need to quit fighting everything around you. You need to quit complaining about everything around you. You need to quit criticizing everyone around you and understand you are the favorite of God and he loves you. Accept that, walk in that, rejoice in that because our God is a good God. He loves you and you are special. You are the apple of his eye. That's who you are. Enjoy that, receive that. Now, when she asked the question... This response that she gets from the angel should be a source of joy. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain this, but if, quite right, but if an angel appeared to me and said, you're highly favored, it would cause me some consternation probably. I'm not faulting Mary, but I'm saying that some of us need to learn how to respond to the favor of God. And when she asks for proof, she gets an answer. She doesn't even really speak her question out loud. But the Bible says that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. What does this mean? What is this about? And when Zechariah asks for proof, what happens? He gets struck with, with dumbness. He can't speak. He's mute. But the angel answers, not only her what, but her why. Now watch this. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. He goes back to what he's already said, reinforces that. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son He answers the what and the why. She wonders, what does this mean? And the angel says, here's what it means. You have found favor and why. Here is what's going to happen from that. And I'm going to suggest to you this morning that when you need what questions and why questions answered, he's ready to give them if they come from a heart that's genuine and honest and ready to hear what he says. You see, Zachariah's response came out of doubt. I need proof of this. And I get it. I mean, if you if you don't get it, you haven't read the story. They're both old. They're not having kids. And so he wants proof, but it was a response of, I don't believe you. You have to prove it to me. And God did in a judgmental kind of way. But with Mary, it's, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's happening. And he answers what she needs in order to believe. So if you have enough to believe don't expect additional information learn to walk in faith but when you don't have enough (laughs) keep listening because he'll give you what you need and we have to understand him we have to learn to hear his voice we need to learn to understand what he says Mary spoke out of need. she wanted to believe. And that can be tricky. I, I know when I talk about hearing the voice of God, I talk about it like it's just this clear thing we all hear all the time. Let me just help you that my understanding the voice of God is always better in hindsight than in foresight or at the present. I can look back and recognize it easier than I can discern it at the moment. How many are hearing me? Kind of look Yeah, that was God. And I remember one time I was walking in a district meeting and there was something taking place and I was sure that God spoke to me. And I want you to hear this. I was sure that he spoke to me about a change that was going to happen in our ministry, that we'd be leaving the pastorate and moving to another place of ministry. So I prayed, God, if that's really you, would you confirm that? The, within the next week, another minister walked into my office and said, um, I was praying this morning, and God told me that you're leaving Ames. Um, Where are you going, and why, and what's happening here? Now, how many of you would take that as confirmation? But I knew enough, I felt a check in my spirit, that to share that with him, for a number of reasons, would be unhealthy and unhelpful to me. And so I said, well, I can't tell you, but as it unfolds, I'll keep you in place. And days, weeks went by, and nothing shifted. Nothing happened, nothing moved. And I'm walking in my office just totally frustrated. God, I thought you said this. I thought you said this, and it's not happening. I, I need something to hold on to here. And Pastor Tim, here's what I heard him say to me. When you stood there and I spoke to you, tell me exactly what was pressed on your heart. So I had to pause what was it I felt? What was pressed on my spirit? And I thought the only thing that was pressed on my spirit was this. If you were in this role, what would you do? I assumed that meant I was going into that role. And I heard God press on me. I came, I came to understand that you just added to what I said. And what I was trying to do was equip you. To be a blessing to this other role, not to serve in it or walk in it. Now, I'm telling you that God can speak and provide answers if you want them and if your heart's right, but you have to cultivate an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Are you hearing me right now? I'm talking to you. God will tell you things. He'll show you that you're highly favored. He will bless you with favor, but you have to learn how to hear his voice, he will grant to you understanding what does this mean and he answers her second question that she asks is how will this happen (laughs) now um i i want to be clear but i don't want to be crass all right so just walk with me for a little bit is that okay what did the angel tell her? The angel told her she was going to conceive. And he will be great and called the Son of the Most High. Mary says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How will this happen? <laughs> OK, just, can you just be real for a moment? about biology how do women get pregnant how many know the answer to that about half the group okay that explains a lot (laughs) yeah I want to be careful here because I'll, I'll be in trouble later All she knows is she's going to conceive. It's not choice A, the natural method. Choice B, divine intervention. Divine intervention isn't on her page. So if you're married and you're betrothed and God says you're going to have a baby, what does two plus two equal? Are you with me this morning? I think so. Well, if you think so, let me be a little more clear. It's called a man and a woman in an intimate relationship. That's how babies happen. Write that down. If you didn't know, look it up later. That's how babies happen. It's not the stork (laughs) or the cabbage patch. So what is Mary likely to do? If you're committed to the will of God, I'm sorry I have to walk you through this, but some of you look totally lost right now. If you're committed to the will of God and he says you're going to be pregnant, you're going to be open to that happening by natural means. And that wasn't the will of God. She now needs a greater word to keep her from making a wrong choice in what she believes to be the will of God. She knows enough to know that she's a virgin, and she knows enough to know that she's betrothed to Joseph, and she knows enough to know that they're not coming together for a while till he comes back, and that's what she was taught. That's what Scripture teaches, and she wants to honor that, and you're telling me I'm going to get pregnant. How is this going to happen? How many think that's a fair question? How is this going to happen? And if you will wait and listen to God, he'll give you an answer. Anybody remember a man named Abraham? And God gave a promise to Abraham that Sarah would have a child, and he'd be the father of many nations. And rather than listening to God, he began to figure out in his own mind how God would bring that to pass. And Sarah had a handmaiden named Hagar. And he thought, well, Hagar is owned by Sarah. And so if I get Hagar pregnant that's really through Sarah and that's what God will do and rather than seeking God what does he do he tries to fulfill the promise of God by the wrong method and the end result of that is the dissension we have in the Middle East to this very day the struggle between Isaac and Ishmael Yes, sometimes you need to wait and not fulfill the promise. You may have the ability, you may have the opportunity, you may figure out a way to fulfill the promise he's given you, but you better wait till he says, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? And not only... Does he say to her, in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Pause there. We read that like it's nothing. We read it like, oh, yeah, it's the Son of God. It's the Christmas story. How many of you know that there wasn't a Christmas story at this time? There was no away in a manger. There was no silent night, holy night. There was none of that. This had never occurred before. This had never been heard of before. He's asking a young lady to believe something that no one has ever seen, no one has ever heard, no one has ever experienced. That's way different than Zachariah. Zechariah needed an empowerment of two bodies for a natural act that produced a child. It was natural processes. Mary isn't going that route. This is something no one has ever heard of before. This is this is something that's too big to get your head around. And he says to her, "Mary, I know you need more than this to believe. I know you need a sign." Isn't God good? Amen. I don't want you to make a mistake. I want this to be settled in you. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age, old age. And, and she, who is said to be unable to conceive, is already six months pregnant. For no word from God will ever fail. He will give you the revelation that you need. He will give you the substance that you need in order to keep you stable. And if you really can't believe, God will provide for you. Now, I'm I'm not one that believes you ought to seek for signs or put out fleeces. If you put out fleeces, that's a dangerous thing. And here's the dangerous thing about a fleece. You You can answer it. You can make the fleece happen, usually. And most fleeces are because we don't want to believe what we already know. But sometimes when you're at a place where this is just too hard to believe, I don't think you should ever say, God, if this is really you, do this. And God, if this isn't you, then do this. Because that's making you the puppet master. What you ought to do is say, God, I need something to hold on to. Have you ever been there? Yep. I need something to hold on to right now. I need something to hang on to. Will you, will you give me something a little bit more? And while she doesn't ask it, she's obviously crying in her heart for it because the angel says, yes, I will give you what you need in order to believe. And your, your relative Elizabeth is already six months pregnant. They didn't have Facebook then, so she didn't know. something to hold on to now watch this are you still with me because I think there's some things here that can help us in 2021 as we look into the future and follow the leading of God he says this to her (laughs) Uh, she's not going to get another sign like this she says and here's what you need to know Mary from here on no." word from God will ever fail when you walk with him, Pastor Tim and you hear his voice Sharon, we know that no word from God will ever fail you prayed a long time and no word from God will ever fail we have to learn how to believe that, how to trust that So let me take you back to Zechariah and Elizabeth now, and I mean, Zechariah and Mary, and show you another distinction why Mary received what she received and Zechariah didn't. Who was Zechariah? He was a priest ministering at the altar who said, I don't believe you. Oh, listen. Be not many teachers, knowing we will receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all, but if any man offend not with his tongue, he's a perfect man, able to, uh, perfect and entire, able to bridle the whole body. So you have... A person who has been in ministry, who is serving at the altar, who has an angelic appearance at the altar of incense, the place of praise and worship. And an angel appears and says, I'm I'm not sure I believe this. Who is Mary? A young virgin girl. We don't know anything of her background. She certainly would not have been trained in the scriptures the same as young men were in that day. She certainly was not a teacher of the word. She obviously was a person who feared God and loved God. And when you're in a place of naivety or a young believer, expect that God will give more to a young believer than he'll give to you because the goal is that we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Let me illustrate it this way. As I've shared some of my story, there was a time when our household was in complete chaos and there was a time when we were a church family together going to church all the time. And it was, again, back in this chaos time, then I, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but anyone who's not ever doubted God isn't being honest with their faith. And I was at a place as an older teenager that I just, actually I was in, I was in Bible college, my first year of Bible college. And I just felt like does, what if all this isn't real? What if it's just a story I've been fed all my life? What if it isn't real? And I'm just telling you, hindsight is better than foresight. And I recognize what he speaks, but he he spoke to me. I I said, God, if you're really there, if you're really there, could you give me some kind of a revelation? You're an angel something written in the clouds just some sign that i could hang on to and i remembered a story a story that a missionary told in one of our services ministering in an area that was plagued with snakes and uh, tree snakes and snakes of various kinds and they he said i watched my five-year-old son out playing under the tree and as i'm watching under the tree this snake is dropping down about to, poisonous viper is about to drop on him and bite him. And I yelled, son, come now. And his son started to run. He said, my son's instant obedience to my voice saved his life. I remembered that story. Where did that come from? God threw that into my head. And then he said, if I give you a sign that I'm real, You're going to spend the rest of your days looking for supernatural signs to know where I'm leading. And I don't want that for you. I want to guide you with my eye. I want you close enough to me that you can hear my voice. And when you see my face, you'll be able to follow my leading. And you can't get there if I have to do big events to get you to follow me. Mary needed a big event because she was learning how to respond to the voice of God. Zachariah should have known. Come on, Zachariah should have known. So rather than asking for a sign, why don't you get in your closet of prayer, shut the door, bow yourself before God, and stay there until you hear him, till you hear what he has to say, if I've always gotten it right, oh oh no. No, no, I, I knew God told me to buy a new car once and Carol told me that wasn't God. <laughs> and I've learned over the years that, my, that God does have a feminine voice <laughs> at times. Both needed to believe, but Zechariah needed what in order to believe? Zachariah needed discipline in order to believe. <laughs> Mary needed reassurance in order to believe. And he will give you what you need. Both needed to believe. So when she said, what does this mean? The angel answered. And when she said, how will this happen? The angel answered. And then there's a question that is implied that she doesn't say that I would suggest to all of us this morning on this Sunday of joy of Advent, is what should I do? What does Mary do as a response to this? Let me tell you what she doesn't do. She doesn't argue. She doesn't complain. She doesn't try to figure it out. She and Joseph are going to be a great team because when he says this to her, now watch, she doesn't say, let me go check on Elizabeth and I'll get back to you. He says, Elizabeth is pregnant. No word from God will ever fail. He gave her the sign. But before she saw the sign, she said, may your word to me be fulfilled. Probably for the first time in her life, she heard the voice of God clearly, obviously in an angelic visitation. And her response was, fulfill your word in me. She she didn't say, let me uh, go see Mary and I'll get back to you on that. It's instant obedience to the voice of God, but you've got to learn what is the voice of God, because Paul warns us there are ever so many voices in this world, and none of them are without significance. And you've got to be able to sort out the voices of the world, your own voice, the voice of well-meaning people, and the voice of the devil, and learn how to recognize the voice of God. But when you do, no word from God will ever fail. And her first response was instant submission, instant obedience. And how how can you cultivate an Ability to hear the voice of God it's simple instantly obey stop arguing stop trying to figure it out just obey what he said well what if it's not God you'll find out and that's time well spent instant obedience when God speaks to you what should your response be she's basically saying thank you for the sign but I don't have to see it now to believe it I'm just gonna believe. There's a birthing of faith in that moment that that blossoms in the life of Mary. So then Mary goes on her journey. And I want to encourage you that as you're learning the voice of God, to submit and to also listen. When you have really heard from God, there will be words of confirmation that will come to you from others who are also hearing the voice of God. And if no one's on the same page, you need to back up and re-look at it. When someone says to me, I get these emails, hey, I saw something in Scripture that no one's ever seen before, I am absolutely sure that's heretical. If no one's ever seen it in all these years, no one's ever seen it, you are not that special. She says, verse 39, watch what happens. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting... Now, remember, there's there's no angelic visitation to Elizabeth that we know of, and certainly not one here. But when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb... Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This was a woman of faith, and it just exploded out of Elizabeth. And this time, Mary is not afraid. Why? Because she learned something in the angelic visitation and that angelic teaching, and she receives the word of confirmation as we all should if no one's confirming in you what you believe God said you better take some time and take it back to your closet of prayer listen for the voice of God around you and here's the final response that we need to have as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears Elizabeth says The baby in my womb leaped for joy. (laughs) That had to be quite an experience. Blessed is she who has believed. Are you listening to me right now? Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. What has just happened God is answering Mary's questions because she's following his lead and moving from a naive young uh, virgin to a woman who's learning to hear the voice of God and begin to respond. And Elizabeth affirms that in her and she receives that. And again, it brings us full circle. You need to be okay with what people affirm in you and what they bless in you and what they celebrate in you. And if no one is celebrating that in you, maybe. that's not your gifting or calling and she says my soul glorifies the Lord what a difference what a change What a progression in her life. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Are you hearing the prophetic voice of God begin to resonate in her spirit as it's proclaimed for all generations to hear? What should our response be to the voice of God in our lives it's celebration it's praise it's rejoicing it's having the joy of the Lord we ought to dance in the fact that he would speak to us and direct us and lift us up and move us in the place he wants us to be nothing will cause you to have joy like hearing the voice of God it's that old song do you remember it and he walks with me What did that songwriter discover? Listen to this. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. What does he tell me? When he walks with me and he talks with me, what does he tell me? All of my sins and all my failures and what a wreck I am. No, when he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, that I'm his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has never known. That didn't come out of a contract to write a song. That came out of an altar of prayer and real-life experience where someone in their need learned to walk with him and talk with him and hear him say, you belong to me, and the joy we share is unbelievable joy it's hearing the voice of God now I will tell you that when he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own I'm ready to hear words of correction too because they're coming from a place I love you and want you to do better I want you to be stronger stronger I want you to be more effective. Listen, you do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be afraid because God will provide the answers you need. God answers prayer. God has a plan. And he will provide what you need in order to believe. And some of you need discipline. (laughs) And some of you need a promise a reassurance an answer and how do you cultivate that? by joyful celebration by joyful celebration so if you're in a place right now where you feel like God may not be listening to you you don't know what to do next you don't know which way to go you don't know where the answer is (laughs) why don't you start with praising him Why not start with praising him and let him speak his good word to you? Could we stand together and let's close our service this morning. I'm not going to ask how many of you need a word from God. Why? Because I know there are times in all of our lives if you don't need a specific word today, you're going to need one tomorrow or the next day. And the best way that we can prepare ourselves for that is to praise him. Hello? Is to praise him. Could we take a few moments? just to wait in his presence as we sing. I feel like God really gave me a word for someone this morning in this room or in the chapel. So I would like heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. But I feel like God laid you on my heart battling depression pulling you into a dark, dark hole. And God wants to lift you out of there. He wants to lift you out of there. That will take you to a place you don't want to be, cause you to do things you don't want to do. And no one looking around. I just want to make sure that I know who I'm praying for and that I am hearing his voice. If if you're in that place of battling a deep, dark depression, I want you to lift your hand right now. Just real quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else real quickly? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm not going to offer you a panacea something that will just make it go away. But I felt like God spoke to me that if you would take those first words of Mary's song and make them your prayer when you get up every morning... You will watch the darkness begin to pull back as the sun begins to rise. It will be a journey for you. But if you'll get up every morning and say, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He knows where you are. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. If you'll fill your mouth with that every morning when you get up, every morning when you get up, you're going to watch the darkness recede and you watch the sun begin to shine. It's a battle of the devil to destroy you. Do not surrender to that. Fill your mouth with the word of God. And the first time you do that, you won't feel a thing. You're going to feel empty like that was pointless. But when you keep confessing the word of God, it'll begin to impact your spirit. And your spirit will be fed and begin to rise up out of that darkness. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of, of the humble state of his servant. Lord Jesus, I'm thankful for those who in the honesty of this moment raise their hands to admit the battle that they're in. I know that you are the God of joy and not depression. I know that you bring light and you bring freedom and you bring deliverance speak against the darkness this morning that as they respond to your word that you will by your spirit drive the darkness backwards and that the sun will begin to shine again. That there'll be moments of supernatural joy that are unexplainable but undeniable as they learn to walk in your joy and your grace. I thank you for them and what you're going to do in them as they learn to hear your voice in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, amen, amen, amen. amen. If you love Jesus this morning, let me hear your hands. If you love the Lord,
2: what a great God you serve.